Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Uh, Lord, I pray that you speak this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we are wrapping up a series on grace. Uh, The first couple weeks of this message, we talked about a statement that Paul made. He said, you are no longer under the law, but you are under grace. And we talked about exactly what this means. Uh, The Bible says that God is a God of covenant. Uh, If you have a relationship with God, it begins in the place of covenant. Uh, In the Old Testament, this was often conditional. This was if you walk in perfect obedience to the law and to the commands, then God will meet you with his blessing. But what happens when we get to the New Testament is the Bible says God found a problem with the covenant. The problem was that people could not keep the covenant. So it says that the old covenant became obsolete and the new covenant was based on the forgiveness of sins in Christ. And what happens in the new covenant is your relationship with God does not begin from a point of how obedient to the law can you be. It begins at the place of you are forgiven in Jesus Christ. When you approach Christ, you approach him with confidence because in him you are righteous and holy and pure and without blemish. If you missed any of this, I encourage you, uh, the messages are on uh, Facebook. But that is your starting point with your relationship with God. And then last week, uh, we talked about grace in action. Uh, If you read the New Testament, if you read the Gospels, actually after the Gospels, when you get into the epistles, it is full of teachings on grace. Uh, By grace, you have been saved through faith. Uh, We are justified freely by His grace. Uh, We have redemption and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. There are all of these teachings on grace, but what we talked about last week is they don't come from the teachings of Jesus. Because in the Gospels, Jesus didn't teach on grace. Jesus lived grace, and these teachings came out of his life. We talked about that last week. Uh, The Gospels don't contain his teachings, but his entire life is a message of grace. The Bible says that the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And today, we're going to wrap up this series. We're going to look at the price of grace, uh, grace the, the cost of grace. Now, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that there is a specific verse in the Bible that uh, I believe is the perfect depiction of grace, of biblical grace. We're going to look at it this morning again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I'm going to read that again. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The grace of God is a twofold transaction. The first side of the transaction is God made him who had no sin. To be sin. God took our sins upon himself in Jesus Christ. Jesus took our sin and the penalty for our sins upon himself. That is the first side of grace. We mentioned last week a passage in Numbers chapter 9 where it says the people will bear the consequences of their sin. And then we brought that to 2 Peter where he says Jesus bore their sins. And we see the old covenant versus the new covenant where the people would bear the sins and then in the new covenant with Christ, Jesus took our sins upon himself. 
This is the first side of grace. It is the subtraction of our sins. The second side is the addition of his righteousness. It says, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God doesn't just remove our sins and, and leave a, a gaping hole there, but he, he replaces it with the righteousness of God. So when we talk about being saved by grace, what we're saying is we are saved by this reality that God has removed our sins and replaced them with the righteousness of Christ. When we talk about the redemption that comes by grace, we're talking about being redeemed by this reality. God has removed your sin and replaced it with the righteousness of Christ. It's on this basis, church, that I tell you every week to walk through that door if you are in Christ with confidence to enter his presence with confidence. It's not based on, did you have a really good week this week? Then walk in with confidence. No, it's not based on that. It's based on what Christ has done for you. But what about the price? What about the cost of grace? In Romans chapter 3, in verse 22, Paul is writing about this righteousness that God has placed on us in Christ. Paul says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. To who? To all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're from Israel or not. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. It's to all who believe. And he says, for all have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely. Somebody say freely. All are justified freely by His grace. Do you want to know the price of grace? Free. But I want to be very specific. The price of grace is free to you. Uh, whenever we buy our kids a toy or if we buy them a Christmas present or a birthday present, I want them to know that that's free. But the reality is it costs something to somebody somewhere. It costs something to us to make it free to them. Whenever somebody tells you that something is free, it costs something to somebody somewhere. When we're talking about the subject of grace, it is free to you. But it costs something to somebody somewhere. Somebody somewhere along the line paid a price. We're going to talk about that this morning. The Bible set a precedent way back in the book of Genesis with the very first sin of mankind, when Adam and Eve made a decision that they would walk out of God's will, and they chose to, to, to not obey Him that very first time, the Bible says that the immediate consequences of their sin was that they recognized that they were naked. So what they did is they took the fig leaves and they sewed them together to cover their nakedness. Now this is more than just sewing fig leaves together. What's happen happening is... They recognize the consequences of sin, so they try to cover the consequences of sin. That's what's really happening here, is man is trying to cover the consequences of their own sin. And if you remember the story, God comes walking through the garden, and he says, that is not sufficient. You covering your own sins doesn't work. And for the first time in the Bible, we have bloodshed. God uh, sacrifices an animal to make animal skins. And by the shedding of blood, God covers their sin. And in this moment in the book of Genesis, we are already pointing to Jesus Christ. 
we are already pointing to the necessity of Jesus Christ. But a precedent is set in that moment that your sins can only be covered through the shedding of blood. If you followed the rest of the Old Testament, you would see the sacrificial system where they are constantly covering their sins by offering sacrifices to God, sacrificing all sorts of animals. But sins are only covered by the sacrificing of blood. Of course, this was an imperfect system, but uh, we get to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, and he lays it out perfectly. He says, the law requires, somebody say require, The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Church, this was a requirement. That means there were no shortcuts. There was no dodging it. There was no getting around it. Apart from the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sin, and this was the law. Keep that on the screen for a minute, because I want you to think of something as you're reading about this requirement in the law. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. This requirement in the law that blood must be shed to atone for sins, Jesus said, I didn't come to just get rid of it. He said, I came to be the one who fulfilled it. In fact, if you continue in Romans chapter 3, we read where Paul wrote, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely, that's free to me and free to you by his grace, through the redemption, which means the ransom or the purchase, through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. And then it says exactly what happened here. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through what? Through, oh, it's not on the screen. Through, uh, you're supposed to have it memorized, church. (laughs) Through the shedding of blood to be received by faith. When the Bible says that we have received his grace freely, he follows that up immediately by saying, but it cost Jesus the shedding of his blood. If you look at Ephesians chapter 1, maybe I have this one on the screen, uh, verse 6 Paul writes, to the praise of his glorious grace, which has freely, somebody say, free to me, me. which has freely given us, uh, he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, he says it again, we have redemption or the purchase or the ransom through what? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The riches of God's grace is once again attached to the ransom that Jesus paid on the cross. If we looked at Ephesians, or Romans chapter 5, it says we have been justified by his blood. That means that we have been declared legally innocent by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, we have redemption through his blood. In Ephesians chapter 2, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When we meet here each week, I encourage you, to approach God with absolute confidence because you are in Christ. That means that you are presented pure and holy and blameless without fault. But here is the catch, church. It is not because your sins have been swept under the rug. It is not because your sins have been ignored. 
It, because, it, it is because your sins, each and every one, past, present, and future, has been paid for in full on the cross. Isaiah chapter 53, it says this. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. It says he was pierced for whose transgressions? For our transgressions. He was crushed for whose iniquities? For our iniquities. The punishment that brought whose peace? Our peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Our punishment was placed on Jesus Christ so that you could, you could freely receive that grace. We enter this place, church, with confidence because of what Christ has done. We enter this place, I encourage you, with rejoicing and celebration because of what he has done. But church, we enter this place with reverence, with awe, with, with, with thankfulness, with humility because of what Christ has done. It hurt. He, he shed his blood. And, and we say that so much that it's like, oh, he shed his blood. No, it hurts. No. We've talked a lot about covenant over the last few weeks. And Hebrews chapter 9. Renee, you guys can come up. Hebrews chapter 9 says that there was an ingredient that sets the covenant into motion. It says the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. That blood in the first covenant, if you read, there was, there was blood in the covenant with Moses and blood in the covenant with Abraham. That is what set it into effect. And today we live in this new covenant that the Bible says is based on the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. It is put into effect by the blood of Christ. The moment he gave his life on the, on the cross, the new covenant in Christ became your reality. The covenant of your forgiveness of your sins. This church, I'm going to say it again, is the starting point of your relationship with God. You start from a place of forgiveness. The moment you place your faith in Christ, you don't come to Christ and begin groveling for forgiveness. You come to Christ and you are forgiven. Church, as we prepare to take communion, I'm actually going to ask you to go ahead and open it up because it's kind of noisy and distracting. So if we can all open it up together. This is actually the same brand that Jesus used at the Last Supper.
as we prepare to take communion this morning, we're going to enter into this place with an attitude of rejoicing, with an attitude of celebration, but we're going to enter in to this place in humility and in awe and in thanksgiving because it cost him everything, church. The price that was paid. I'm going to read through Matthew chapter 26 uh, real quickly. It says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. Now, if you went back to to the book of Exodus in chapter 24, Moses said, this is the blood of the covenant. He said, this is the blood of the covenant. But it was from animals. Jesus said, this is my blood. This is what sets the covenant into effect. This is the covenant of my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. His blood, church, set it into effect. Uh, we're going to do something just a little different this morning. We've done it before. But instead of me directing you when to partake of the cup and, and the bread, uh, what I want you to do as the team is, is just leading us in, in this song is I want you to close your eyes. And I don't want you to partake of communion until you find him. Until you are in a place where it's you and Jesus and you are in a place with him in your heart where you, you, are, you are seeing the price that was paid and you are in a place of thanksgiving with him. I want to challenge you as, as they lead us. Close your eyes. This isn't a ritual, church. This is about connecting and obeying Jesus Christ. So when you find that place where it is you and Jesus. Thank him for his blood. Thank him for his body that was broken for you. And in that moment, that's when I want to encourage you to partake of communion. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.